0: Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. Happy what day is it? Tuesday? Tuesday. Tuesday. I'm Jay Zawoski, sitting here with my buddy Mario Tiribasi. It's Rusev Day. Greg Boyson is back at the United Center. Will join us momentarily. The Hawks beat the not-so-hated-anymore Red Wings. We'll get into that at some point.
1: Yeah. 4-2. to two, we, uh, we need to have a, a, a fan symposium. Yeah, we got to get Three, things... Uh, a, a before the beginning of the season, we need a fan symposium. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Uh, Hawks win 4-2.
0: Over the Red Wings, uh, two goals from Corey Perry. Connor Murphy scores. Connor Bedard uh, begrudgingly adds an empty net goal that he, <laughs> he actually was, looked pissed to score. He was so mad. <laughs> he did not want he it to go so that way. Mad. But he'll take it. Ends the night with three points. Um, look, good game all around. Uh, I think the ice sucked tonight. We saw a lot of really weird like dudes just falling down, including yeah. Mackenzie Entwistle, who had a 2-on-0. Oh. Basically... Him game. and Boris Kachuk were open from maybe center ice. or was no one that close, close to it.
1: Yeah, the if you want to see like what a <laughs> bad line change is in hockey, play that line change over and over. Like it was it, was, too. it was so bad. Yeah, on a, on a power play too. So for, t- from the Red Wings, two
0: and zero oh, as if the other team doesn't exist. And Mackenzie Whistle just falls down, then heads to the bench frustrated and tries to break his stick and fails. Later in the game, he hits the post. <sighs> Uh, boy, rough, if he had a family, they'd be so disappointed. It
1: was just a rough <laughs> game for him. Like, it's 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 already bad enough that, like, he is in a tight roster battle for, you know, being not even, like, a regular skater, for being, like, the 13th forward. Uh, and then you have a night like tonight where it just seems like you have all of the bad puck luck. It's just – it's rough. I You kind of – maybe shake your head a little bit, try and chuckle it off. I know Derek King uh, had, a, had a long chat with McKenzie on the bench after that missed uh, two-on-0 opportunity. Um, hopefully he gave him gave him a nice one-liner in there to try and, you know, loosen him up a little bit. But, man, that's, that's one of those nights where – and, yeah, I would say the ice probably was the bigger factor. I don't think, you know, guys like McKenzie and whistle just forget how to play hockey. Like – <laughs> I think the ice probably betrayed him a little bit. It was ninety today, yeah, on October third or whatever date. It it's October third, right? Mean, yep. gr- mean girls, all day. Um, I, it's you know, it's the the United Center ice hasn't needed to be functional in ninety degree weather uh, since twenty fifteen. So you know, maybe they're a little rusty on. Uh, well, we had a on the surface. Uh, you know there.
0: what? Uh, fifteen years ago, we had a slightly inebriated Dustin Bufflin. Tell us on the score that uh, the United Center Ice is the worst in the league. Mm, it's tough. I've heard that ho- a ho- couple ho- times since hopefully, then, too. It,
1: hopefully it's better by the time the uh, regular season starts. But, yeah, I mean, there was so many on both sides uh, for, for, for both teams, so many, like, lost edges, fumbled pucks, bad passes. Uh, you know, obviously uh, the, the whistle uh, fumbled puck was the, the biggest glaring uh, mistake, but there was a lot where it was just like I know it's preseason. I know this is per chance for bad hockey, but it's not this bad. No, like I think I, I think that was probably a an uh, extra factor. We
0: do have a lot to get to before we do. Smash that like button for us; we'd appreciate that. Lots of people watching, not a lot of people liking. We need to get you in the habit of Ooh. smashing that like button on the YouTube page. And while you're there, you could vote for our fourth star of the night. Have we seen the three stars come through yet? Yes,
1: I just had it up. The three stars, third star of the night. Uh, number 98 in your playbook. Number three on the stars. Uh, Connor Bedard. He had his first preseason goal and two assists. Number two star of the night, Taylor Hall, who also had two assists. And the number one star of the night, number 94 on your roster sheet. Number one in your hearts, Blackhawks fans. <laughs> Admit it. Corey you love him. Perry. <laughs> With two goals right at the net front, uh, winning over the United Center crowd. All right, so with that in mind,
0: you've got the three stars. Now it's time to vote for the four-star, which we allow you to do after every game. Our nominees for tonight, Colton Dock, Lucas Reichel, and Peter Mrazik. Oh, we went with Mrazik. We went with Mrazik because... He assisted, Conor Bedard's empty net goal. Oh, okay.
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I see that here. Yep. Yeah. We hey, were going to give oh, Taylor, it to... Taylor we were, Hall had the secondary assist on there, so three assists for Taylor Hall. There you we go. We
0: were going to give the third uh, vote to Mackenzie Whistle just out of sympathy. Yeah. Uh, but Mrazic, when you assist on a goal and play kind of well, we'll you get, get the, to him later maybe if we have time. You get the win. You got the win, yeah. exactly. Well, let start as we do most nights with Conor Bedard, because think that's what a lot of people are interested in and you and I were talking on our way out of the United Center early in the game I think we started to see a little bit of frustration from him where things were just not maybe going the way he had hoped there were a couple near misses there were a couple pucks that just kind of squirted away from him and you could see him kind of visibly frustrated on the ice and I think towards the end of the first period I was really trying to focus on him every yeah. time he was on the ice, which is kind of hard not to do. Your eyes just kind of drawn <laughs> to him. But almost appeared to me as if his brain was like a hamster on a wheel, like everything was moving too fast. And we hear all the time from guys moving from junior or the American League or college to the NHL of adjusting to the speed of the game. Yeah. It felt to me – like Bedard had more time than he thought. It felt like almost like he was rushing. And I'm interested to hear what Luke Richardson has to say post game, And hopefully we get the uh, video in time to share it. Or, or Greg can tell us as well. Something changed after the first. In the second third, he was a different guy. Mm-hmm. Especially in the third, he was incredibly effective. A couple on the money passes. That second Corey Perry goal, he gets it to Taylor Hall, who gets it to Corey Perry, but... You're starting to see, like, now Taylor Hall is learning. I have to be ready all the time for the puck. Yeah. Because uh, there were a couple instances early where Bedard would try to get it to somebody and they wouldn't be there or they would not expect it. Um, I think that he needs to slow down. He needs to realize that he's going to score. He's got his moments. He's got his chances. You could see, it, and I think that's why he was a little bit frustrated on an empty netter because I feel like he didn't want his first goal to be an empty netter. Yeah dude, it doesn't matter. (laughs) Put up three points a night and you're going to be okay. But he was a different guy in my mind from the first to the second and third. I think in the first period he looked visibly frustrated with himself.
1: Yeah, I think think a lot of it has to do with kind of the quality of of hockey that we're seeing right now in the preseason where you're getting rosters that are – half NHL players, yeah. half minor league players, or, you know, a, a game like tonight where the Blackhawks play like 75% of their NHL roster and you see it on the ice, it kind of translates to where, you know, guys who clearly should be at the highest level of pro hockey and guys who should not are trying to play the same game at the same speed. And, you know, things just get choppy and, 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 you know, not pretty mm-hmm. out there, but I think will be totally fine once he's out there at, you know, full NHL capacity for rosters and he's out there with guys who are all able to play at that same pace, all able to play at that, at that same speed, I think that's where his game is going to start to, you know, be able to flow a little bit better. I think with, the, with what he's doing right now in the preseason and the space he's getting and the opportunities he's getting, um... I think he's, and it's, you know, his first taste of, of playing professional hockey, uh, even though he's, you know, played at, at high levels and, you know, in the world juniors and stuff, it's all amongst his peers. Um, but now he's now he's getting into the, the groove of playing against professionals, playing against men. Um, the game is faster and everything, but he's able to play at that level. And I think he's able to do so many things on the ice, whether it's use his shot or, use his, uh, you know, his awareness and his on-ice vision to distribute the puck, whether it's to stick handle through opponents. He can do so many things on the ice that I think when the game is not clean and crisp and it's kind of choppy and and not easy to kind of weed through, gets muddy in there in preseason hockey, there's just so many things that he wants to do he's just trying to figure out what he can do and I think when though when he's trying to say oh let me try and stick handle and he pulls something off it's a great highlight but he's got to finish the chance which he hadn't done uh hasn't if he done doesn't, yet 31 other fan bases are gonna be really pissed that at the well, NHL tweeted yeah apparently oh, but when oh he God. but when he goes through and stick <laughs> handles and then loses the puck he's like well I should be able to do that yeah Uh, there's things that you're going to be able to, to get away with at junior levels that you won't in the NHL. And I think for him, it's probably this mindset of like, well, I know I can do that, but it didn't happen this time. So either he's going to get frustrated and go back at it and be like, no, I'm going to make it work. And I I trust eventually make it work because he is that skilled or it's something that he's going to say, you know what? Can't do that anymore. I got to I got to tweak it. I got to tweak how I, you know, how I try and, you know, make find a passing lane that may be there in junior, but it's not there in the NHL or I can go one v four in Regina, but I can't do it in Chicago. you know it's 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 different. So I think that transition it's it doesn't look crisp and clean in the preseason, but I think by the time we get to regular season, I think it's gonna start to piece together the right way for him. I want to be clear too, I am not at all worried. No, no. I, I just I did
0: see the frustration from him. And look, is he's a competitor Any player adjusts. And like we've we've talked about this for years, like anybody making their jump to pro. We talked about the, with this with John Scott at some point, John Scott was the best hockey player on his team.
1: Yeah. You right. Think. And it,
0: like a lot of these enforcer types, they're like, all right. Dave Boland's a great example. Dave Bolin's junior numbers were astronomical. Yes. Astronomical. And he's like, all right, I'm not going to do this in the NHL. Even Connor Bedard has to adjust Mm -hmm. to what worked in junior versus what works in the NHL. And he will. And guess what? With him, he's going to find a way to make it work in the NHL. He's going to adjust his game and adjust his moves and adjust his scouting and adjust his studying. That's the thing about him being a rink rat. Is he's not just gonna go home and forget about it? He's gonna be working on it like crazy the mm-hmm. next day until he gets it right. Yeah. Um, I have zero concern. If anything, I'm more encouraged after this game because you saw him start the game frustrated and get better. Mm-hmm. Had it started to snowball and avalanche on him and anything else that Snowflakes can do on him, like then I'd be a little bit worried. Yeah. But the fact that he figured it out. And got better and better and better as the game went on and more dangerous as the game went on. Super encouraging. And we talk about the blue lines and the game scores. Once again, Connor Bedard, the highest-rated player in this game uh, by a significant margin. Uh, Final game score from him, according to our friends at Hockey Stat Cards, uh, 3.12 game score. Jesus. That is the highest he's had all preseason. Looking at it right now. Corey Perry. Second with a two point eight nine game score, Joe Valeno, who's looked really good for Detroit, by the way, yeah. uh, two point eight six. Wyatt Kaiser, two point five four. Taylor Hall, two point five zero. So there's your uh, top five in the game.
1: Yeah, really but he good. just,
0: I mean, he took a frustrating first period and fixed it and turned into as dangerous of a player as we've seen on this Chicago Ice in a long time.
1: Yeah. I I think I'm not, like you said, I'm not worried about it at all um, because he is a super competitive guy. He talked today uh, before the game uh, at at Morning Skate about, you know, what what Sunday's 6-1 loss to the Red Wings felt like. How do you respond in in those situations? And, you know, he said, you go out and you win the next one. And he doesn't like losing. He doesn't like losing preseason games. He doesn't like losing in the Blackhawks red versus white scrimmage. He doesn't like losing, you know, little mini games in camp. He's a guy that that wants to win. And, yes, make your jokes about, you know, well, oh, the Blackhawks aren't going to win much this year. I don't, I don't worry about that getting to him because he was on a Regina Pats team. Yeah. He dragged that, them to the playoffs. That literally only made the playoffs because he put up 140 points, you know? Um, So he's, he's, he's not, not to say that he's conditioned to losing, but he's been exposed to it. He knows how to kind of, he knows how to get over it. Um, And I think he's a guy that is going to go and go the extra mile to make sure that if there's something he can do to improve his game, to make sure that his team doesn't lose again, he's going to go in and, and do that. So I think this is a game this is a game where you know he had 3 points, he had two, you know, two assists, uh you know, scored the empty net goal, but it's not going to be a, it's uh, most guys would be like, I had 3 points. I had a pretty good game. He's not My blue line that. was huge. Uh, <laughs> take a look but, at this blue line. Yeah, Bedard's <laughs> going to probably go into film <laughs> session uh, tomorrow and have more improvements, more things that he says, I need to do this better, need to do that better than he does pats on the back. Yeah. Um, We have a lot of performances
0: to talk about. It was not just about Connor Bedard. Lots of guys played very well. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to highlight a lot of those players that played very, very well in this game. Yeah.
1: Uh, and for reference, I know we've referenced Dave Boland's junior numbers yeah. a lot, but for those who who don't know, uh, in his last year of junior with the uh, Vaunted London Knights, 57 goals, 130 points in 59 games, his career high in the NHL. Uh, he scored 19 goals twice and 47 points in the 2008-2009 season. That was his career high. Yep. So talk about a guy who was a monster in junior and changed his game. Huge. Hey. You want a game changer? Look no further than our friends at Ray, Chevy, uh, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. If you are in the market for a new vehicle, uh, they have some great news for you because Ray, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, and Ram in Fox Lake has just joined the CHGO team. What a team to be on, right? A team that wins trophies like this. That's a team you want to be on. At Ray, Chevy... This is the first time when you sight read an ad, <laughs> you screw it up. At Ray Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram, you'll always be able to shop one of Chicagoland's largest inventories and find unforgettable savings. And right now, during Ram Power Days, at Ray Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram, please don't do that. What? When, when I'm, I'm trying to read this. Ram Power. Only in Fox Lake. you'll be oh god we can't even get through this too caffeinated i'm sorry (laughs) only in fox lake you'll be able to secure zero percent financing or 17 percent off new ram models don't do it but that's not all now through october 31st explore their newly renovated showroom and take advantage of limited Time seven year anniversary savings. So, if you're in the market for a new vehicle, then you have to check out the team at Ray, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram because they are the only team that we recommend. Visit them today on Route 12 in Fox Lake. Uh, that's on my neck of the woods, so if you're out there in Fox Lake, say hi. I'm not giving you my address. For oh, yeah, more information, visit RayCDJR in Fox Lake or RayCDJR.com today, serving the community since 1963. Look
0: at that. Just like Conor Bedard starts out frustrated and finishes strong. Finish strong. Beautiful job. Uh, hey, you like watching sports and I TV do. and all that stuff? Yes. You want to spend less money to do it? Yep. All right. Well, here you go. Fubotv.com slash chgo. That is where you will get 140 plus live channels of sports, shows, movies, and news. Anything in the news today? Nothing I saw. Uh, Stream live (laughs) TV from any device. Watch the most Chicago sports for the lowest price and start watching immediately with a free trial at Fubotv.com slash chgo. There is no contract, there is no cable. There is no hassle. Just sign up and start watching 1,000 hours of cloud DVR included at no extra charge. That's like a lot of Hawks games on your DVR. It's a lot of hours. You can watch your local teams while traveling. You've got college football, the Big Ten, NFL Network, Red Zone, all that great stuff. Mm -hmm. Check it out. College football, NFL with Fubo. Go to www.fubotv.com. That's how it's written to sign up for 15% off your first month of Fubo Pro. Again, that's http colon slash slash www.fubotv.com slash chgo.
1: It's for all you coders out there that like to type the entire link. (laughs) I hate
0: when they put the whole (laughs) web address in the ad copy. I hate it. That's great. Everyone knows what to do, damn it. Um, All right. A couple guys played very well. A lot of guys played very well. Yeah. Uh, I want to start as we're talking about making adjustments with Wyatt Kaiser. Yeah. Um, Strong game, again playing on the right side in this one. Uh, The first goal the Hawks scored, the Corey Perry goal, the first one. Wyatt Kaiser is on the right side boards at the blue line, pressured Mm -hmm. on his offside, on his backhand, and wins that board battle. Had that not happened, that goal does not occur. Yeah. So good to see him showing the awareness, the confidence, the skill, and the strength to win a board battle against at least two Red Wings on the boards to keep the play alive. Great. He's played very well. I think he is absolutely making the team. I have. Yeah. I would be absolutely shocked if Wyatt Kaiser is not
1: your opening day right-side defenseman. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he's making the team. I think of the guys who are still here that have played their offside position uh, in that role, he had the best performance. And I talked to him before today's game about doing that. And he said, first, first time he's, he's trying it uh, in a game setting. And I think he, he passed the the, the first test for sure. You notice it um, after, you know, the, the last couple of days, especially all throughout training camp with when Nolan Allen was here, um, you notice it when guys are playing their offside, just how often, especially defensemen, how often they're playing the board playing the puck along the boards mm-hmm. on their backhand and I, I tried to watch Kaiser uh, tonight um, specifically like when he was along the board, and he's just shovel backhand shovel, backhand shovel, just trying to you know all those oppor- all those times when you get the puck and it's a one v1 race to the puck and every time it's along the boards you're shoveling out your backhand like that has to be a really hard transition for a guy who's so so used to it. it's almost be, it almost becomes muscle memory as a defenseman that you have your forehand to go to the boards you could even just try and dig something out and drag it to your backhand and then get it to your forehand where you can create some space in that situation you just have to shovel it out and just just make the play up the board so you see how often he has to do it and why Luke Richardson says like a player in that position playing their offside with their back turned to the play a lot, you know, picking up pucks or trying to move them up the boards. They're going to take a lot of hits because you're getting hit in the back. So for Kaiser to be able to handle all that, make those plays and make them with, you know, some poise is really impressive to see. I, I agree. I I don't think there's any doubt he makes the team. Um, Today we saw Alex Vlasic with Seth Jones, Wyatt Kaiser until tonight was primarily playing with Seth Jones. So it'll be interesting to see, where those guys fit it's in, but Phillips
0: tonight, most of the night.
1: But if uh, who was it, Phillips? Oh, Kaiser yep. was. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, if you're if you're saying that you know Nikita Zaitsev isn't in your roster and you need someone to play the offside on on the right side there. Kaiser's put the best uh, the best performance on tape out of out of all the the guys that have done it so far. He's
0: been really good and there was also a moment uh, from him that was not great, not terrible, but just something as like Derek King says you got to coach a junior out of these guys. He's leaving the Hawks uh, zone. He's got the puck, he's got space he's got time and he's looking to start the rush the other way. Mm. and w- the internal clock, we talk about this a lot with young quarterbacks in football, right? Like knowing i got to get rid of the ball because the mm-hmm. pressure is coming. Kind of the same idea here with Wyatt Kaiser where he's leaving the zone and thinks he's got more time to make a play, gets his stick lifted from behind, and Detroit takes it away. Nothing came of it, not a big deal, but that's the sort of thing that you're only going to get by playing. Yeah, You're only going to figure out the NHL timing by playing, but it was just something I observed from him, and I've seen it a couple times with him where he's got – maybe a safe outlet pass to make and he'll try to kind of skill and handle it to make maybe a more of a breakout than just a clear, which is good. You want an offensive Mm. defenseman thinking offensively and trying to get the rush going and trying to create chances. But sometimes you've got to make the smart play and the safe play. Yeah, And these are lessons he will learn as his career goes on. Again, it's almost to me much like Conor Bedard struggling yeah. in the last game in the first period here, I'm almost glad it's happening because Luke Richardson can take that film and say, here's what you need to work on. Yeah, Here is an, here's an illustration of a moment that I can show you that now when the regular season comes around, you won't make the same mistake. We've got a piece of video from Luke Richardson. we got too much to get to today, <laughs> but we're going to show it during tomorrow's show. We're on tomorrow at 2.30 where Luke actually talks about the moments he showed Bedard from that last game in Detroit about things to do, things not to do, and how to learn from these mistakes. It's more great stuff from Luke Richardson. Um, So make sure you join us tomorrow at 2.30 to see that. Uh, I think we have gone too long without talking about Lucas Reichel's game, too. Yeah. He looks like a
1: different player. Not on the score sheet tonight, but, damn, he looks just so – ready for this NHL opportunity. Like he's, it's almost like, I know we've been, you know, banging the table for a a season and a half. We've been ramming it Uh, (laughs) for Reichel to be a regular in the NHL. And now there's no doubt that he's going to get that opportunity. And uh, through the preseason, there is just no doubt that he is, he's, he's ready to go. Like he has been itching for this opportunity to finally be in the NHL stay in Chicago and 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 not have to make reservations at the Olive Garden Rockford in Rockford. It can be, you know, he can have his Chicago cut or whatever. There you go. You know, and and he'll and just the confidence that he plays with, it's just so visible on the ice and it 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 spills over into the locker room too. Like his his confidence talking with the media uh this camp is it's just it's just grown. So I think he's just ready to to Finally get in the NHL and be in the NHL and be secure in that spot. Yeah.
0: It's almost it's almost like beyond confidence with him. It's almost like swag. A little bit, like, yeah. I know that I am one of the most skilled players on this ice and I'm gonna show you when he's not afraid. Like there was a play today where he banked it off the boards to himself and skated around a defenseman. Like there's mm-hmm. just so many moments that are kinda ooh, ah, you know. Yeah,
1: as much as we're as much as we're ooing and eyeing over Bedard, Reichel's out there making um, you know, not as flashy as highlight worthy, but if you're really paying attention, you're like subtle, subtle touches of the puck that make a difference to keep a possession or to keep a play alive. He's been doing it.
0: One thing I noticed about him too, is he is a very upright skater. Yeah. You know, kind of like straight up over his skates. So he's able to have the head up, be looking ahead of him. And you see him a lot of times kind of like advance the puck and then kind of like jump back. To get around, you know, to avoid contact mm. or whatever, to get around the skaters, I don't know. He's him and Reichel or, or him and Bedard are very different in the way they skate. Yeah, um, you know, Bedard's real like kind of low to the ground, shifty, they're and bu- Reichel they're is, built differently. Yeah, oh, definitely. Physically. But just even the style is is interesting to watch. But yeah. two very similar players, and boy, I'm really glad. I mean, it's going to be fun to watch them together at some point this year. You know, it's going to happen on the power play. At some point, we'll see them on the same line. You know, down a goal eight or whatever. Yeah. But it's so good that he is handling his job at center as well as he is. The faceoffs need work. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. He won three, lost six today. Fine. They'll figure that out. But in terms of, like, the defensive play, now, that second Valeno goal, he kind of – it was his man to cover, but it was a tic-tac-toe play. He was on Valeno the whole time, and he he didn't get picked – but he basically got picked yeah. on that play, so he was a step slow. Uh, but credit to Volano for making the great play. I think Detroit, for the score and how lopsided it could have been, played this game pretty well. I commented earlier, like they had really good uh, sticks in lanes and spacing defensively. Like The Hawks were having a lot of trouble getting stuff through. Uh, early on in this game it kind of fell apart for Detroit late in the game yeah but they played the Hawks pretty well but I I just I'm so impressed with the way um Reichel but I just wasn't sure how you know he finished last year so strong and I think we all had faith and hope that okay we're seeing the real guy here but those games were so meaningless you know and it was kind of hard to like okay does it mean anything like is Andreas the thing is Andreas at the you what he showed at the end of the year, is Boris Kachuk what he showed at the end of the year. It's yeah. so hard to make any sense of it. Reichel has been one of the best hawks since camp opened.
1: Yeah. No, and 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 I think, you know, getting that getting that opportunity late in the season, I think, was kind of like that that bone being thrown to him, and he and he took advantage of it, but now you're coming in with, you know, so much expectation on this team. Well, so much expectation on one guy specifically on this team that will translate to the rest of the team. Um, but more eyes on 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 the Blackhawks, and I think Reichel is is primed for that opportunity. And I think, you know, his his play style, his personality, it really complements. And this isn't a dig. It really complements to him being like. The B option behind Bedard, like Bedard has got the the like prime mm-hmm. spotlight skill set, where Reichel can come in and play you know play that subtle role to make those little differences uh, to make those little plays that make big differences, and I think that that bodes well for him. And I I just think you know the the two of them on on this team, their stalls are right next to each yeah. other. I, I I cannot wait for both of them to really. You know, grow and bud into the NHL top NHL players that they they should be able to become.
0: Uh, a couple of people talking about how the analytics didn't love Reichel in this game. He was a minus two. He didn't have any points. He was only credited with one shot on goal. So, this is a stark reminder to trust your eyes. The analytics tell a story. The eye test tells a story. Trust your eyes. Reichel played yeah. very very well. If you don't believe me, Troy Murray uh singled him out during the second intermission today as a guy who's playing great so analytics tell one story trust your eyes though trust what you're seeing you've been watching hockey for a long time you know what a good hockey player looks like and lucas reichel is that all right uh greg is standing by so before we get to him we want to remind you if you're headed out to a hawks game or a bears game you want to get fitted out in the best sports gear around You can get your hoodies, you can get your toques, you can get your uh, slippers, your pajama pants, whatever you need to stay nice and cozy at Soldier Field or the United Center. Boy, it is nice to be back at the rink, I'll tell you that. Mm -hmm. And we get fitted out at Foco.com. You should, too. Not only is it all the great uh, apparel you can get at Foco, but the awesome set decorations like we have here, Bobbleheads, signs, any sort of decor you're looking for. I saw like garden stones in there, all sorts yeah. of cool stuff for your man cave, your she shed, your garden, whatever you're looking for. Foco has it. Go to Foco.com or click the link in our description below. And for all non pre sale items, use that promo code CHGO and you will save 10% at Foco.com.
1: Yeah. And if you're looking good with your Foco Spurge, uh, you can. Up your game with a pair of Shady Rays sunglasses. Take on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather that's sticking around with premium polarized shades at affordable prices. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that is just as good, if not better, than any expensive pair any of us have ever owned. With durable frames and extremely clear optics for all of your outdoor adventures, that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection program in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by their Lost and Broken Replacements program. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one of owning it, they told us that they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. So you can wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long After your purchase together with their customers, shady rays is also providing much needed support to nonprofit partners across the U S through their shady rays impact program from building play sets for pediatric cancer patients to providing young adults with MS, the outdoor adventure of a lifetime. Shady rays is making an impact in your community and others like it now and into the future. If you don't love your shady rays, which you will, Exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. And exclusively for our lovely CHGO listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use the promo code CHGO. When you do, you're going to get 50% off of two pairs of polarized sunglasses. I think that's buy one, get one free. Try for yourself the, shade, the Shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Got through that one a lot better than nice. the first.
0: All right, before we bring in Greg, uh, I see a new commenter here. Uh, Matthew Cook says, as a 30-plus years Blackhawks fan, this podcast is what I'd always hoped for as a kid and throughout. These guys deserve a like. Hit that thumbs up, Hawks fans. We thank you for that, Matthew. Thanks thank for being Matthew here. Cook. Make sure you tell a friend mm-hmm. as well. going to need all... to
1: point out it's not Matt Cook. Cook with an E. No,
0: not captain pudwack
1: he of of knee-on-knee contact
0: yes um it is matthew cook a more dignified version of matt cook uh we got some super chats to get to as well but we're gonna bring in greg right now live from the united center it is our buddy greg Boyson. what's up hey greg hi hello how how are we we're good how was the
2: sports it was fun uh you know I don't think Connor Bedard wanted his first goal of the preseason uh, to be of the empty net fashion. He didn't even want to celebrate it. But, uh, you know, Luke Richardson said something I've actually never heard before. Uh, When he said, yeah, Connor doesn't want to score those type of goals, but, you know, I like them. They count. And he said, I've never heard. I've heard it's a line drive in the paper millions of times, but I've never heard this. He says, there's no pictures in the goal column, just numbers. I like that.
1: Oh, that's a good one. I like that, very good. I do like that, uh, man. I mean, it's we, we we've we've been talking about you know the the adjustment uh, of Bedard's game from the you know first base first half of the game to the second half when he started putting out some points and, and maybe looking uh, a little bit more confident. Did Richardson say anything about you know any adjustments that uh, Bedard was making or that the team made to kind of get out of that that funk, especially the start of the second period where. 75 minutes in, or 75 seconds into the into the period, they've allowed the game tying goal and find themselves on a penalty kill.
2: Yeah, he managed that. He met, uh, mentioned that they they managed to the puck a lot better after the first period. They weren't fumbling as much uh, at the blue line, uh, at both blue lines as, as they did in that first period. You got to remember, the Blackhawks only gave up five shots on goal after the first period. Uh, It's pretty impressive. They gave up, I I think, 12 in the first period, and then they only gave up 17 on the night. So they really shored up. Uh, You know, they gave up that goal right away. They killed the penalty, and then they kind of took over the game after that. Detroit did not have a lot of chances after that. The physicality picked up a little bit, and the Blackhawks were getting uh, more sustained pressure and more sustained shifts in the offensive zone. And I think... Um, you know, a, a choppy ice surface probably took away maybe three or four other goals on the night. I mean, I, I don't know if you guys talked about Mackenzie Entwistle's two whoopsies, uh, Tyler Johnson a missed a, a wide open net, uh, Lucas Reichel hit a post. Um, so you know, it, it, you know, we were, I'm sure, we we're kidding a, a lot about Whistle and, and Luke was asked specifically about those two plays because it's coming from a guy that, um, uh, is fighting for a team, you know, for a roster spot. Tyler Johnson misses a wide open net, or Lucas Reichel hits a post. It's no big deal. Those guys are here. They're not going anywhere. But um, Luke said that he was both happy that Entwistle found himself in those situations because those are a good thing. You know, you get yourself on a 2-0 o, o rush, and then the ice monster comes and, and takes you down. But to be on the side of the net wide open uh, – he said he was both happy that he's in those spots to make those plays, but also wishes he could kind of bury those. But they said they had some fun with those. He said, he said, uh, McKenzie's going to look at that play. He hit the post on and realize he had time. He, he said, and I quote, he could have stopped and tied his skates and then put the puck in the net. Um, so uh You know, he said the guys were giving him some grief on the bench and and laughing about it. He said they won the game, so you can come out tomorrow and and, and not look at it so bad. He said uh, Tyler Johnson came over to McKenzie after he hit the post and and after Johnson missed that wide open net uh, early in the game, and he said he tapped him on the head and said, welcome to the club, kid. We all do it.
1: Yeah, Tyler Johnson nearly broke his neck uh, looking to the sky after uh Scott, uh going too high on that uh that open net chance there so yeah he was yeah, speaking well, from experience
2: he knew he let me down and, and who's your hawk so I you know I <laughs> yeah, feel we'll, shame
1: uh... Tyler feel shame
2: yeah we'll, we'll we'll
1: get to that in a little bit
2: I didn't win so I don't care how you guys decided did anyone <laughs> say anything about the ice uh Connor Murphy talked a little bit about it he said it was a little better than it was Thursday but he was still pretty choppy out there I mean you know, we saw Mackenzie Ent whistle, but guys were falling all over the place. Pucks were jumping on office of sticks. It, it didn't look very smooth out there. And I don't expect it to be any better on Thursday. We've got unseasonably warm October weather. They are currently putting the floor down because Dave Chappelle is doing a, a concert here tomorrow. And then they're going to take it down and put the ice back up for Thursday. And then he's, they're putting it back on for Friday and Saturday. There are going to be a lot of concerts here between now and the home opener. So, you know, I'm I'm not expecting the ice to get in tip-top shape here uh, anytime soon. But I'm sure it will get better as it gets colder outside and there's less uh, events besides hockey happening here.
1: I can only envision Dave Chappelle in full Rick James guard with his dirty (laughs) boots Walking on the ice and going f
2: your ice.
1: <laughs> I can only think of that now.
2: That would be amazing. <laughs> I would. I would. That'd be worth. That's worth Mackenzie ant falling down on a two and and0 oh. oh
0: man, definitely. Uh, so we've been talking about um, Lucas Reichel and obviously Connor Bedard and and Wyatt Kaiser. One guy we haven't talked about uh, so far, and this is a guy that Luke went out of his way to talk about uh, earlier today, is Colton Doc who was a late addition to the lineup. Ryan Donato was supposed to play, uh, but then was uh, scratched with a groin injury, um, and then Doc was added in. Started the game on the second line, but finished the game on the top line with Connor Bedard and Taylor Hall, and when we look at his numbers for the night, uh, absolutely outstanding. Uh, Three shots on goal, a block shot, four hits. He had 1632 of ice time which was second among Hawks forwards, only six seconds fewer than Taylor Radish. Uh, Colton Doc continues to make his case, and I, I, I've been kind of singing his praises all of camp, and I feel like, not that you guys haven't been, but all things being equal, he's been better than... He's been better than that whistle. He's been better than Gachuk. He's been better than Radish. He's been better. He, like I can go up and down the list of Hawks that uh, Colton Doc's been better than. And I know there's no rush to get him into the NHL and let him go down to Rockford and let him dominate and all these things. But man, like I don't know what more the guy has to do to make his case to make this team out of camp. I he's been he needs, everything he, they've asked him to be. He can play in every line and every role. I I don't know. I, I've been so impressed with Colton Doc. He
2: needs to be about two years older. That's about, sure. I think that's, I, I, but you're absolutely right. He's played great. He was wonderful tonight, by the way, not to get lost in the shuffle, uh, the groin injury minor day to day, according to Luke Richardson for Ryan Donato. So the, it sounded like if this was a regular season game, there wouldn't have been an issue, but they're not going to push anything for an exhibition game. Um, but yeah, Colton Dock went from not playing at all to being one of the most effective players on the ice. Um, you know, he, I think he, he does need some time in Rockford just to kind of get more acclimated to the pro lifestyle, but it's only, it's not if he's an NHL player, it's more when he's an NHL player, it's probably going to happen before this season is over. And, and, you know, we may not even get to Christmas before he's a full-time NHL or if he goes down to Rockford and plays like this, you know, two things that I, that really stuck out for me on his game tonight, um, is the trust Luke Richardson has in him because that that uh, late penalty kill up a goal after Bedard got called for tripping, Colton Dock was out there for a lot of that kill. I mean, that's that's a lot of trust from a head coach saying, hey, get out there and kill the penalty. And right after Veleno scored his second goal of the game, the tied the game, it was Colton Dock that drew the penalty on Veleno that led to the Corey Perry game-winning goal. It, was, it happened behind the play, so it probably wasn't on the TV broadcast. He was skating down the ice with somebody, I think, it, I don't remember who it was. And that guy, he kind of gave whoever skated by him a shot. And then Valeno came rushing in, and Valeno got caught, you know, going after Doc. But then Doc, you know, the play kept going. The penalty was coming, and then they tried to bait Doc into taking a penalty after the whistle to retaliate. He kind of just stood there and walked away and let Connor Murphy get in between them. And that was the difference right there because they scored a goal ahead of goal just about a minute later, you know, off the uh, great pass by Connor Bedard. And, and, you know, our new favorite Blackhawk, Corey Perry, with two goals. I told you. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I think, you know, t- it's interesting with, Kirchev's wrist injury uh, which Luke Richardson said today that he's probably a week away from yeah at, not not even a week away from getting back on the ice but a, a week away from just kind of knowing more about what's going on it seems like yeah. there's still an evaluation period going on um, but it sounds like you know Kirchev might be on track to miss the first well two three games of the year if, if, if the wrist injury is is uh anything more than than what the team is hoping it is that could open up a potential chance for Doc to start the season in in Chicago with the way he's been playing. I know that we've been talking about bubble guys like uh Entwistle and Kachuk and Reese Johnson. Um but there's I mean there's a chance that you know maybe maybe Doc stays up for the first couple of games uh, and maybe finds his way into the in the lineup uh if if Kereshev is out because you know, as as we we talked about during the the game today, when uh, when we learned that Donato was out and Doc was in, you know, Doc's a guy that can play up in the lineup, can play on a second or third yeah. line right now and fill a role that is a guy that can play physical, that can be you know be chippy, but also can provide you some offensive pop that maybe Kachuk or Entwistle or Reese Johnson couldn't do. That you can't play them up in the lineup. So I don't know, I I. We'll see what happens with Khrushchev, but I think there's an, you know, maybe there's a, a unexpected opportunity for him to at least start the year here.
2: Yeah, we, we talked about that exact scenario while the game was going on. If Khrushchev can't play those first handful of games, maybe it makes more sense to keep Colton Doc up until Khrushchev returns because he can give you, you know, they're not the same player but he definitely can give you some offense where, you know, the, your other options, you have Kachuk, you have Reese Johnson, you have Mackenzie Entwistle. those guys kind of all do the same thing, even though Kachuk and Entwistle have kind of, they, they had some really good chemistry tonight. Um, but yeah, I, maybe, I, I, but I, there definitely needs to be some time in Rockford, I think for Doc, yeah. but he's, he's making that decision harder at, on the coaching staff. So uh what uh, Lebowski says that Colton Dock equals future Troy Brower. And I say this with the greatest of compliments. I think Colton Dock could be the next Cup-era team's Dave Bolin. With a little more offensive upside. Because he's. we saw it tonight. He's got that peskiness. He's willing to get under guy's skin like Bolin. He's, he's definitely a chirper on the ice. And he's got the personality for it. So I think he could be that type of player. Where you know he could give you 20 goals, but he's also gonna give your team a lot of power plays because other guys are just gonna want to punch him in the face and get caught, just like Joe Valeno did tonight.
0: Whatever, I know he needs time in Rockford, but I just like him. Yeah, I want him here. I'm here. Him selfish. I'm well, he's replacing
2: he's, re- he's replacing he's uh, he's replacing Samuel Sauve for you. You gotta yeah. have a new. Oh, good we should mention that by the way.
0: Uh, Luke talked about that. He's gonna come and recover in Chicago. Um, But they said the spirits uh, from Savoie are high. He said he's had a smile on his face the whole time he's been getting his treatment, and he will head back to Chicago to be with their doctors and all that sort of stuff. So, broken femur. That sounds awful. Mm -mm.
2: Well, he is under contract. So, I mean, what would you rather have him, recovering with NHL staff and doctors or QMH? You know, so, yeah. He's officially a Chicago resident, and uh, that rehab – Hopefully goes well, and we see him back on the ice next training camp.
0: Is there anybody else that Luke Richardson uh, highlighted in this game that we haven't mentioned yet?
2: Uh, I mean, he he was he was impressed with Lucas Reichel's game. Um, you know, says he's he's starting to figure out the right spots that he needs to be on the ice at all times. Um, I know the the Corsi numbers don't look great on him, and he was a minus two. But when he had the puck, he he was the second best player on the ice tonight. Uh, And everybody was raving about uh, Connor Bedard's playmaking abilities. I mean, everybody talks about his shot and his release and rightfully so, but it's been his playmaking that's been on display uh, in two of these three games. And Corey Perry and Connor Murphy were all kind of like, you know, we've been trying to tell you guys that it's just, it's more than the goals with this kid and that pass he made on on the power play goal, not many people can do that. And I think he might be the only 18-year-old player that can make that pass to see where Hall was and get it there quickly in very little space. That was an unreal pass for for a kid playing in just his third NHL preseason game. Somebody in
0: our chat uh, made this comparison to Lucas Reichel, and I want to see what you guys think of it. Matt says, Reichel reminds me of Martin Havlat. He's bigger. Hmm. But.
2: So yeah, I mean. How tall was Havlat? I don't think he was that tall, was he? 5'11? 6'210. 6'2210
1: slash. 6'2210. Right,
2: I don't remember that. I, I thought. 6'2210 uh, two,
1: two for Havill, I, huh? So he's I bigger he was, than Michael. I, I thought,
2: all right, I did. I don't remember him being that big, but that was a long time ago, and I've lost a lot of brain cells between the time he left Chicago and now. So, um, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I'd have to go back and watch some more Martin Havlat to, to make a better educated comparison. I, I the Martin Havlat era is kind of fuzzy to me uh, at eleven, at almost eleven o'clock on this Tuesday night. So. Um,
1: so yeah, I I, I mean, I'm his, not so sure. I'm not I'm not too sold on on Havlat, but I I think, I think there's better comparisons you could make.
0: I thought it was I interesting. Hope he, I hope I he's. Can see uh, the, I can see the comparison in ter- in terms of like, the way they move on the ice and maybe the scoring potential. So Havlat, I forgot his last year with the Hawks. Oh eight oh nine. He had seventy seven points in eighty one games. Uh, yeah, Yeah.
1: A he good was, their, he, was mean, he was their best player for for a yeah. while. I no, mean, you remember
2: there were people that were upset that we let go of Marty Havlat because we had to go sign that Osa guy. So
0: there were James Devoe was that guy, Ooh. but he admits it all the time. So <laughs> <laughs> I told him, stop doing bad. Everyone's do everyone gets a bad take here and there. Um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't know that output would be nice. A seventy-seven point season. His That'd career Havlat played seven hundred ninety games. 594 points.
1: It's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's not a horrible career to, to ask yeah. for, but yeah. I, I'd like them
2: to shoot a little higher, but it's not bad. If that's what it turns out yeah. to be, I'll take it, but I'd like a little, little more.
1: It'd be nice if it was more than that, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I still kind of go back to, uh, you know, uh, a, a Tara Vinan esque kind of player. I can see that for sure. And, but I think, I think, The difference is I think Reichel has a little bit more of a chance to be a little like, you know, a little bit more like, oh, a little no look pass here that kind of squeaks through and and springs a guy like I think he has a little bit more of that than I've seen that I remember seeing of Tara Vinen um, and that I've seen of him since he's been in Carolina. But I I think he's kind of got that like a kind of similar build, similar style a little Mm -hmm. bit. I think if he could pan out to something like that, that'd be wonderful.
2: I
0: wonder if he'll ever develop the defensive game that Tara Biden has. I don't know. Um, I just feel like it seems like Reichel has a little more uh, self-confidence than Tara Vinan. Tara Biden, like, to this day, is still very kind of soft-spoken and shy. And, yeah. You know, where I wouldn't say Reichel's not shy. I think last year he was a little shy. Might have been. Co- but he seems like a different guy this year, you know, confident with the media. Still, there are some things lost in translation a little bit, but um, – you know, just, he, I, again, like, on the ice, off the ice, Lucas Reichel just seems like a totally different dude this year. Um, and he, as we're looking at our four-star of the night vote, still got a few minutes to vote uh, before we wrap the show up. Four-star of the night, he is leading with 38% of the vote. Mm. Second is Peter Morazic, surprisingly. Oh. And third is Colton Dock. So 38, okay. 32, 30 oh, is your total. Very close. I think we picked three good names. Yeah. Got some good ones.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. Interesting. You know so who else? You know in. who else picked a good name tonight?
0: Yeah, I know this
1: guy. This guy did. You guys Who'd you pick?
2: Saying that we need to like not be able to pick Bedard every night, and now you're. Yeah,
1: well, you know, we, well, our, our board of governors meeting is scheduled for uh, October 9th, So
2: we've all had him once, and the guy who's had him has won three out of the four nights.
1: Yeah. So you know, you gotta you gotta go with the strategy here. So, yep, Mister Mister uh Mr. Empty net goal sealed it for me because he had two assists in the goal. That's – oh, and one of the assists was on the power play, so he had five points. Taylor Hall had uh, three assists assists with one on the power play, so that's four points. And Tyler Johnson missed a net.
2: It's an extra point for each of you because uh, the Hall and Bedard's second assists were also on the game-winning goal. Uh,
1: That's true. That's true.
2: So, yes, and Tyler Johnson
1: gave me a big fat zero. Oh, that's how that's how it goes sometimes.
2: Boy, had- yeah, I'm gonna, have, I'm gonna have a few words for him tomorrow after practice. So, <laughs> come on, dude, hit the net!
0: Come on. That empty netter he missed was just unreal, and he, he was just looking at the sky like, "Are you effing kidding me?" It I was just, it was the first shift of the game, him, right?
1: yeah. Yeah.
2: He looking up at me going, Dude, I'm sorry. I'm
1: sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Greg. Well,
2: he should have. He should as have As I'm flipping him to Bird from up top.
0: <laughs> that's right. Uh Onyx says, What's the update on Blackwell? Will he play this season at all? We have I, frankly not heard much about Colin Blackwell at all. As far as no.
1: missing this missing season?
2: I don't think that's anything. No, any I don't
1: crowds. I would like to think not, but no, I mean he has not been on the ice all training. Time.
2: No, he was skating with the veterans before training camp, and yet he hasn't been on the ice since. I, I, I believe it's he's still recovering from that sports hernia surgery. So their, their updates have kind of been like week to week. I don't, don't think it's season-threatening injury, but he's obviously not going to be here for the uh, um, opener. He's not going to be here for a while. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, you know, That was like one of these guys that was uh, – in a roster space. So he may, he may have been Wally pipped and when he's healthy to come back, there's just no spot for him.
0: Yeah, it's tough. That's tough. hard. All right. Anything you want to add before we wrap things up? We'll let you go. I know we got some super chats to pay off. But we'll let you get out of there. Any uh, news and notes we should know about?
2: No, I think we covered it all. Uh, I did see leaving the uh, press room, uh, the, the Soderblums, uh chatting in the hallway. Uh, you could definitely tell their brothers even though Elmer is like six inches taller, but they have the same exact hairdo. Uh, And uh, yeah, they were hanging out in the hallway, chatting in Swedish, so I couldn't tell you what they were talking about. Are
1: they arguing over how they're pronouncing their name? Might
2: be. Might be. So nice. All
0: right, Greg. Thanks, man. We'll see you tomorrow. Uh, We'll see you before 2.30, but everyone in the chat will see you at 2.30 on our show. Can't wait. Thanks, man. Good night, boys. All right, take care. That is Greg Boyson from the UC. Uh, before we wrap up, let's get these Super Chats in here real quick. I know we've got a $5 one from Lebowski5. Nice. Says, do you guys remember Kane and Taves' preseason rookie year? I have no memory of it at all. I remember the regular season vividly, just nothing from the no. preseason. No, I don't really remember that either. No. And I think that's probably a solid point to, <laughs> to keep in mind as we grind through. Man, Mark, Mark Lazarus, I think, tweeted it about, like, God, I don't know how the NFL and baseball baseball do such a long preseason because I'm feeling it, too. It's like, let's get to the regular season already. Holy
1: moly. I'll say this. The the pomp and circumstance around NFL OTAs and training camp and all that is much higher than the NHLs. And baseball, uh, when it's February and shitty weather here in Chicago, if you're a beat writer— Covering the team, you get to go to f- Arizona or Florida that doesn't sound bad no for a month like I wouldn't mind that at all, so I, would, yeah, I, would take I that. think there's I think there's there's different ways to uh, uh to get around it and to approach it I was uh, going to say something i can't remember what it was really no, you'll it. think of it Hawks
0: hockey ninety eight says why do you guys take turns watching the games? You all should be there together with a mic in your hands after the game. Well, we are all there for we the first two periods Well, I can't uh, logistics yeah, sir. Uh, and the reason someone stays behind is so they can cover what Luke Richardson says and potentially uh, Greg did actually send in video from uh, Corey Perry and Connor Murphy, but we're just sort of out of time to share. It. Maybe we can get to it during tomorrow's show. Um, but yeah, we want someone there in case news breaks or someone is, something is said after the game. We want to give you that element of locker room coverage. All yeah. three of us don't need to be there. Two of us are here getting the show on uh, on the air and then uh, the third person joins in and Greg and Mario alternate in that role.
1: So that's yeah what if we were if one. we were all at the stadium, we wouldn't get back here for another what, twenty minutes thir- longer than that after yep. pre after uh, post game availability we wouldn't be back here for almost an hour after the game's over yeah, but we probably you- would
0: have started the show what twenty minutes ago
1: right yeah, and then we lose a lot of people so that's yeah, why we want we want we want to be able to get to the people right away absolutely and when we get back here, we can pound some goose islands you know i was look I was thinking. What I need to—oh, uh, are we gonna
0: do this now? Uh, I, no, Wait, not that, right okay, now. Uh, I was thinking about,
1: you know, looking at this this cup, K U P, the cup, cup, the cup, cup. We got the ball signed by all the players here. Nice. Very nice. Uh, it is. I mean, I've been around the Stanley Cup before, and this is this is a very close second. It is prime for drinking something out of this. Jay?
0: I can't touch it. I, I had nothing to do what with sh-
1: it. What should we drink out of this? You're, you're, you're part of the management nah, staff. I didn't touch it. Oh.
0: Nope.
1: I didn't play in the championship games, but uh, oh, I, you did, were on the team. I did play in the regular season, so my name is on here.
0: It should be. Yes. Mine should not, because I stayed away, and that's why you won. See? See how <laughs> that works? The Cup League champion CHGO is supported by Goose Island Beer Company. That's what you should drink out of it. Mm-hmm. Chicago's beer since 1988. You could drink the Oktoberfest out oh, of there. Yeah, the Beer Hug family. Sure, that's that's the 312, a heavy one. Yep, the Full Pocket Pills, or you could be a real man, pour them all in there and drink them all at the same time. The Goose Cocktail. Hell yeah. The Pocket Pills, that's the everyday beer. That's what the brewers are drinking. I love that can, by the way. And the case is real cool. I like With, it. With, like, the race car cat on there. It's nice looking. Uh, grab an ultra-fresh brewery-exclusive brewery beer at Goose Island's Original brew house on Clybourne Avenue in Lincoln Park or from their tap room on Fulton Street in West Town. We love our Goose Island. We love all their products. Mm. Uh, what's
1: your favorite? Mine's the 312 or the Green Line, depending on my mood. Uh... You know, the Green Line holds a, a special place in my heart because it is uh, what fueled my 2015 Game 6 <laughs> of the Stanley Cup Final there you go. Uh, post-game victory celebration. I just tried the new Oktoberfest. That is a must-try for you guys. All right. Oh, yeah. That's right. I haven't oh, tried it yeah. it's. I mean, Oktoberfest apparently runs all of September through October, so there's plenty of time to try well, the it. the harvest is in September. And then it, you just Do you know finish. the story of Oktoberfest? Because you would definitely educate me.
0: No, I don't know that much. But okay. Yeah. Gotcha. That That's what I got for you. so you can see inside of it, because I can't touch it. I would say probably three beers in there.
1: Three? I mean, At we, least we, three. I, oh, you could get more in than that in there. Well, we it's need, a deep cup.
0: We could have Herb just start chugging out of that.
1: Sure. Like, he's the one that could do three beers, no problem. Sure. Yeah, he just
0: opens his throat and yeah. just roll right down.
1: Do we each get a day with this? I don't get anything. I think we that. should. think there's a tour involved? I think we should. Yeah. Just don't
0: drop it off a roof like Brent Seabrook did.
1: Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try not to. Yeah, no, no, no promises. Look, I mean, there, there have been some, some storied organizations that have won this cup, and now CHGO gets to uh, add their name to it. I think being the, the brash new kids on the block, we're like the, we're like the Golden Knights. You're hanging tough. We, 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 show, we, we showed up. We lasted longer than six months, and now we got ourselves a cup. I think we should start making some new traditions with this thing. Who do we beat, by the way, for the championship? Uh, I don't know. I wasn't there. Hmm. You might know. Do you them. know
0: what it is, Steven? Yeah, I think. Uh, I think it was Odyssey.
1: Oh, never. Yeah, heard of they're it. they're familiar with reaching the finals. Um, but no, I think we should definitely the
0: Buffalo's core. I think we should definitely
1: <laughs> start some uh, new traditions with this old cup here.
0: Love it. All right. Well, maybe maybe next year I will show up and do what I do every time I bet. Ground in a second. That's fine. Pull a hammy, and then if we win it again. I will touch the cup.
1: As long as you're in the lineup for one game.
0: All right. Fair enough. You got it. Fair enough. All right, folks. uh, Thank you to everybody pointing it out in the chat. We are a week away. Yes. Actually, this time next week, we will be doing our post-game show from Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. After game one. So we're going to be there. We hope you're going to be there with us, too. Let's, hey, let's make a plan here, all right? Next Tuesday as the Hawks beat the Penguins 7-0 under their home ice, embarrassing oh. them. They're going to co- sign Buddy Robinson for one game. <laughs> uh, have him ride the ceremonial <laughs> Zamboni. Uh, I want every Hawks fan that has ever watched this show to join us for the postgame show. Absolutely. Win or lose, it is Bernard's first game. It'll be a historic night. Either way, you got to be here. Next Tuesday, game one post-game, we will be in Pittsburgh. And if we turn on this show and there's like 65 people, I'm just going to lose it. I'm going to lose it. we got to have a it's ton be- of people, a ton of likes, a ton of like buttons smashed, ton of new subs. Yep. Tell your damn hockey-loving friends. Let them know about CHGO Blackhawks, and we will be here for you. We're here tomorrow at 2.30. We're here, I think, the rest of the week.
1: Tomorrow at 2.30. Uh then Thursday postgame, and then Friday show. Friday show. And then Saturday postgame. Yeah. And, and then f-
0: Saturday we're doing a pregame. Pregame and postgame. Hell yeah. yeah. So we're with you the rest of the week. We're going to pregame it. Hopefully you're with us. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 2.30 on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast.